a young woman in her third trimester of pregnancy started experiencing pins and needles in her thumb, pointer, and middle finger. At first, it was only a fleeting sensation, but soon it became constant and a feeling of numbness. The numbness was worse at night. It became hard to type and complete her desk job. It became hard to sleep, hard to complete her computer work, and even hard to pick up her young toddler. Another young woman in her third trimester starts feeling the outside of her right leg go numb. It becomes hard to put pressure on the leg due to the sensation of numbness. It becomes difficult to lean forward, but also becomes difficult to lie flat or sleep restfully. The pain became consuming, but she still has six weeks left in her pregnancy. What can she do? Welcome to The Hurt by Dr. Mira Kirpaker and Dr. Alopi Patel. We are the female pain docs. This is a platform to contribute to the public discourse on women's pain and general health. We are here to empower women and men to engage in the advancement of their health with discussions of evidence-based medicine, unconventional topics, lifestyle modifications, and more. The views contained in this podcast are our personal views and do not represent the views of our institutions. This does not substitute medical advice. Please be evaluated by a physician if necessary. Welcome to Season 1 of The Hurt. On today's episode, we're going to discuss pain during pregnancy. Pregnancy is a journey, and it can be an amazing feeling, but it also comes with a lot of aches and pains. How do you know what's to be expected in a normal part of pregnancy versus something more concerning? Today, we'll discuss some common aches and pains of pregnancy, as well as the appropriate treatment options. Pregnancy causes many anatomic and physiological changes in the body. So our body starts preparing for the baby almost immediately after fertilization. Although we may not physically experience the changes for many weeks after, there are changes occurring at the hormonal level. And these hormones play a key factor in how our body physically changes in preparation over the next several months. Now, although these hormonal changes are important for the baby's debut into the world, they can often cause a whole host of problems in the mom, including generalized achiness, back pain, pubic bone separation, and that's where the pelvic bones can loosen during pregnancy and temporarily separate. But changes can also cause inflammation of the tendons and much more. As pain physicians, we're often consulted for aches and pains of pregnancy for options for conservative management, including medications that can be safely prescribed to moms as well as for injections that can also be safely performed for pain relief for pregnant women. So on this episode, we're going to focus on some of the musculoskeletal changes that occur in women's bodies in preparation for birth. And before we get started on some of the pain syndromes, let's discuss the normal expectations of the anatomical changes that can occur in the mom. So the woman's body is actually quite an amazing structure. And having been pregnant myself, I can attest to the fact that my body changed in many ways that I had not anticipated, all for my daughter to be safely nurtured as she grew in my womb. So during pregnancy, women can often gain at least 25 to 30 pounds, and sometimes more. This weight is not just the baby itself, but also water, placenta, and some fat. These changes in the woman's body alter her center of gravity, which can lead to a strain in the spine as well as on those surrounding structures, including other joints, such as the hip and knees, as well as muscles. Most of these aches and pains are due to muscle relaxation, 
also known as laxity. These changes can manifest as back pain, leg pain, knee pain, and even some abdominal discomfort. Some of the muscle pain can also manifest as leg cramps in the calves. And while leg cramps can be common, if they don't go away or your leg becomes swollen, it is important to go to the doctor because that can be a concerning sign for a blood clot. And you know, I also want to mention in general while we're talking about pain in pregnancy, that many aches and pains of pregnancy are normal. But any pain that is severe or does not resolve can be a concerning sign. And so it's best to speak to your physician. And this includes abdominal pain. Some abdominal discomfort from the baby's growth or even from something called round ligament pain can be normal. But listen to your body and always reach out to your physician if something just doesn't feel right. You know, that's a great point. So, you know, honestly, we know our body's best. So you are your best advocate if you feel like something's off. So let's talk about bony causes of pain. So there can also be bony pain associated with anatomical changes, such as sacroiliac joint pain or pubic symphysis bone pain. So the sacroiliac joint is made up of two bones, the sacrum and the ilium, which make up the pelvis. The sacroiliac joint is especially likely to get irritated in women due to the relaxation of the ligaments supporting this joint. So this can manifest as low back pain either on one or both sides of the lower back, or even as buttock or posterior thigh pain. Women are more likely to experience sacroiliac joint pain than men, and especially during or after pregnancy. And Dr. P, you've said that you've had this pain, right? Yes, actually. So towards my second trimester, I started feeling this right-sided, dull, and like sometimes sharp pain in the lowest part of my back. And, you know, being a pain physician, I did some physical exam maneuvers on myself and diagnosed myself with right-sided sacroiliac joint pain. So I rested with my legs elevated whenever possible. I really should have done physical therapy, but due to a busy work schedule, I just never really made the time to actually go. The pain flared up with prolonged standing and the physical demands of being a working physician in a job that's physically active. So on days that it was especially bad, I would sometimes take some acetaminophen. It was tolerable for the most part, actually. But I do know of other moms who did do physical therapy and their pain improved. It's interesting to be a patient and a physician at the same time. You know, always helpful if you can diagnose yourself. But turning back to the other bony disturbances that may occur, Occasionally, some women have pubic symphysis pain, which is also due to relaxation of the ligaments surrounding the bones. So the pubic symphysis bones are the bones in the front of the pelvis, and they separate slightly as the pregnancy continues. The overlying term for most pain that can be due to these bones making up the pelvis is called pelvic girdle pain. So most commonly, pelvic girdle pain is associated with pregnancy, but it can happen after a trauma such as falls or motor vehicle accidents too. You know, and in fact, up to 20% of women develop chronic pelvic girdle pain post-pregnancy. So if this is something that persists even after you've given birth, you really should see your doctor to discuss treatment options. Another cause of bony pain or even just discomfort can be from the chest wall. So as you can imagine with a growing baby in the pelvic cavity, this places pressure on the abdomen, but can also cause upward pressure on the chest cavity, causing pain in the ribs from that constant mechanical pressure. So we talked about muscles and bones that can be the source of the pain. So let's talk about some of the nerves that can be affected. Loosened muscles and ligaments are often the cause of the lower back pain, 
but there are also other pain generators from irritation of the spinal nerves in the back. So this can happen due to a disc herniation from the changes in the muscles and ligaments. And although a disc herniation is rare in pregnancy, it can present in the third trimester as the baby is growing. And it can cause leg pain, numbness, or tingling, usually down one leg and rarely both. Some patients can also have something called discogenic pain, meaning pain from the discs in between each bone in the back. And the disc is a jelly-like material that acts like a shock absorber between each vertebral bone in the spine. But this jelly can get irritated or loose, and the surrounding support can cause pain in the middle of the back. And this pain can be worse with coughing, straining, or leaning forward. This pain can also be treated conservatively with medications and ergonomic changes, meaning changing your body positioning to adapt to painful movements. If there is significant pain with the disc or the disc herniation, we will sometimes offer a steroid epidural injection to the mother after a conversation with the obstetrician. This can be safely done even without the x-ray machine. So we talked about some of the sources of muscle pain, bony pain, and irritation of the spinal nerves in the back. There are also other peripheral locations that the nerves can be irritated, such as the hand. So median nerve neuropathy, or carpal tunnel syndrome as it's more commonly called, is a pretty common occurrence during the third trimester of pregnancy. And Dr. B, you had this too, didn't you? Do you want to tell us about it? Oh my goodness, yes. So I did have that too. And it actually started during the last few weeks of my third trimester, and it was in both hands. I felt numbness along the first three fingers, and I was able to do my regular activities, but it was bothersome at best. And it did actually get worse temporarily for a few weeks after delivery. And that can also happen with median nerve neuropathy. In moms after birth, they can have other transient neuropathies or nerve irritations in various parts of the body. And these usually go away after the first few weeks. So my neuropathy was significant after delivery, and this is usually due to fluid retention from pregnancy, as well as from the IV fluids given during the labor and delivery period. I had to wear a wrist brace to keep my wrist extended to relieve that pressure from the carpal tunnel. And it got worse at night when sometimes I would have to wake up and I would feel that my hand was numb and very rarely painful. It was manageable during the day for the most part. And because these neuropathies are due to fluid retention, during the third trimester and in the postpartum period, they are transient and they go away. There really isn't really much we recommend to do besides a brace and sometimes occupational therapy. However, I will say that I have injected the median nerve with local anesthetic and steroid in a pregnant patient who had long-standing median nerve neuropathy who benefited from the injection. Her numbness got very bad during the pregnancy despite physical therapy and a brace. And so a steroid injection helped relieve her numbness enough to be able to get a few weeks of peace during her pregnancy. So even if conservative methods don't work, moms do have the option to have an injection that is safe, even while pregnant. I'm so glad your hand got better with conservative treatment. And oh, you know what? I do want to clarify to our listeners what we mean by conservative versus interventional treatments, because that may not be clear all the time. So conservative treatments generally refers to treatments that are not invasive. So things like medications, physical therapy, and exercise. Now, generally speaking, most pain in pregnancy can be treated with conservative methods. So things like acupuncture, acupressure, or even osteopathic manipulation. Now, if medications are required for treatment of pain during pregnancy, it's really best to speak to your OB. Acetaminophen, 
or, you know, more commonly known as Tylenol, is usually the more preferred medication for aches and pains in pregnancy. Interventional treatment for pain includes injections or procedures, so things like epidural steroid injections, sacroiliac joint injections, trigger point injections, and more. And I actually also want to end by mentioning that we often see pregnancy ending after the baby is born. But really, there are so many hormonal and physical changes occurring in the mom after birth as well. The postpartum period is often called the fourth trimester for this reason. And this is an often overlooked time for moms who are struggling with the physical changes in their body. And it's also an overwhelming feeling of the physical changes on top of being a new mom. So we will be discussing this in our future podcasts as well. And as we've talked about during our Pelvic Pain 101 lecture, the pelvic floor muscles are often overlooked, and especially during this postpartum period. The pelvic floor has been through many changes in the last 40 weeks of pregnancy. And then add the labor and delivery process, and now the recovery. And so appropriate recovery is vital in restoring a healthy muscle group for the mom. And if this muscle group is not recovered appropriately, it can cause urinary or even fecal incontinence, as well as long-lasting pain. Postpartum pelvic floor physical therapy, as well as attention to maternal and mental health, are all very important during this time. So stay tuned for more on this on future seasons. And actually, I also want to mention how important it is that we continue to stay active during pregnancy and postpartum. So traditionally, at least in some parts of Indian culture, from what I understand, you know, expecting mothers were told to rest and not work or, you know, take on any kind of stress. But we are understanding now more than ever that activity is good for pregnant women. If you have a healthy and normal pregnancy, it's actually encouraged by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG, to continue or even start regular physical activity. Evidence shows that physical activity does not increase your risk for miscarriage or early delivery, and that regular activity may even help with pregnancy pains and delivery. So according to ACOG, regular exercises during pregnancy can help reduce back pain, reduce constipation, decrease the risk of gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, and a C-section. It also promotes healthy weight gain during pregnancy and helps the body lose weight after the baby is born. And it also helps strengthen your heart and blood vessels during pregnancy to allow your body to be fit for the delivery process. So what types of exercises you do really depends on what you're feeling comfortable with as well as what your OB says. Now, these exercises can include walking, swimming, stationary bike, yoga, or Pilates. You know, and even when you're placed on bed rest, it's important to clarify what exactly bed rest means and what activities you are and are not allowed to do. So again, talk to your obstetrician to ensure that you're clear for physical activity because there are certain physical activities that are not recommended in some situations during pregnancy. This is completely true. Physical activity and mental health are important during pregnancy and also especially important during the postpartum period. My alone time, either taking long walks or doing short periods on the Peloton, were a huge part of my mental and physical health and recovery process during the postpartum period. And the postpartum period is difficult physically and mentally for moms, whether due to postpartum pain or hormonal changes. And so this topic will be discussed more to create awareness. And this topic is near and dear to my heart. So I do look forward to talking to you about it in the future. Thank you, Dr. P, for sharing your personal experiences. You know, I also want to mention that although we covered many different pains in pregnancy, another common cause of pain in pregnancy are headaches. 
Now, headaches are a huge area of medicine that we absolutely cannot do justice to in in any kind of way for a few short minutes. So we'll be discussing them in a separate episode next season. We will briefly mention that headaches due to muscle pain can be common during pregnancy due to muscle tension and mechanical changes in the body. And surprisingly, some headaches such as migraines can improve temporarily during pregnancy due to the role of estrogen and migraines. But any headache in general that is persistent and does not improve can be a sign of high blood pressure. So again, another issue to best reach out to your OB-GYN with to clarify that it's not anything dangerous. So, in summary, there are many changes that can occur in the mom's body during each trimester, and some pain may worsen as the pregnancy progresses. Most pain during pregnancy can be treated conservatively with medications and physical therapy but it's best that you reach out to your obstetrician to address any concerns, and often they may put you in touch with the pain physician. So we hope you were able to learn about some of the common causes of pain during pregnancy. We will be having more podcasts expanding on these topics in future seasons, so stay tuned. We would love to hear your thoughts. Visit our Instagram at thefemalepaindocs for more content. Send us an email at thefemalepaindocs at gmail if you have any topics in particular you would like us to discuss. You can also visit our website at www.thefemalepaindocs.com. See you next time.